Welcome to Millennial 613. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. My idiot governor here in the state of Georgia finally realized how science and viral infections work. Um, <laughs> I couldn't uh, believe jo- this. Yeah, Georgia is finally under a shelter-in-place order uh, as of last Friday. You know, a lot of other states, like Andrews and Pam's, did this like a month ago. Um, but we're finally here. And it's because our governor learned that... Uh, people who are carrying viruses can actually be asymptomatic while they are contagious. <laughs> I thought we could we could listen to this clip from my esteemed leader. You know, finding out that this virus is now transmitting before people see signs. So, the what we've been telling people from directives from the CDC for weeks now that if you start feeling bad, stay home. Uh, Those individuals could have been infecting people before they ever felt bad. Well, we didn't know that until the last 24 hours. And as Dr. Toomey (laughs) uh, told me, she goes, this is a game changer. Has this motherfucker never had a cold? What on earth? Has he backtracked on that at all or clarified what he meant? Because surely they did not just find out. I haven't heard any clarification on this statement. Um, They very quickly went into the shelter in place, though. Yeah. That's so embarrassing. It is really fucking embarrassing. And I'm just like, we could have Stacey Abrams. Like, can you imagine? Who would have known? Yeah, exactly. She would have been on top of this shit. That was an embarrassing moment for Georgia. We all just looked down at you and we said, ah, the South. You know what, though? It's not all of us or even most of us. So just like you you can't blame all Americans for Trump. Yeah. Most of us didn't yes, want that's him. that's true. That's true. Pam, you had kind of a a late discovery in the past week or two as well. Sorry for calling it late, but where have you been? Yeah, it's not really just like, I don't know. I I just finally bit the bullet. I should have done it forever ago, but I finally ordered some CBD oil after, like, I think Andrew tells me every other week that I need to get on it. (laughs) And I know that Laura is a huge fan. So that's something nice that I did for myself while we're all in quarantine, because I figure this is probably the perfect time to start and see if it helps. So how is it? Have you noticed any changes? Yeah. So I've been using it for two weeks now. And at first, I was just like, I don't think that this is doing anything. And then on the third day, um, all of a sudden, I felt like I had so much more energy than I normally do. And it's gross and raining and I can't leave the house. So that was really nice. Wow. Um, And it is helping me get to sleep. And that was the important part because I, I really just wanted some relief in that aspect of my life. So, so far, so good. What's your dosage? Mine's 1,200 milligrams. Yeah, I went with the 1,200 too. I also went with feels. Feels, okay. Because I I didn't want to navigate like a dispensary website or anything like that. And it's kind of hard to, like you can't really go there right now and ask for advice. Yeah. So. And I had consulted Laura about the prices on, at feels, because I didn't really know what these things should be priced at. You can get a membership at feels and they will automatically send you a new bottle each month and when you sign up for this membership you get a 25% discount 30% uh, 30% you can cancel any time so it doesn't feel like a, a scary membership to get into you could just order one month and then cancel and then come back three months later they don't they don't care but a 1200 milligram bottle uh, costs 94.97 and that is after the 30% discount Otherwise, it's 134. And and Laura, you think that's that price is fair? And it lasts you about yeah. a month. 
Yeah, that's comparable to what I buy at my local CBD store. And I think, as I said to you, Pam, in terms of helping you fall asleep, it's really interesting because there's nights where sometimes I can't fall asleep. And I take this and you don't get drowsy. It just really right. helps you drift off. It's amazing. It's like it's like a switch. I, I do like uh, ZQuil, but I, I have noticed that it's it's also very gentle. But when you wake up, you it, there is a tendency to be groggy and that right. it's really nice that that doesn't do that at all yeah so. and yet and yet i can take feels in the morning too and i'm not ready to fall asleep i don't know what yeah. it's doing but it's incredible i think it's so, just... I've, so i've been like splitting my my dose so i'll do half in the morning mm-hmm. and half during the day and i think or I half in, in the evening and i feel like that's a good balance but it took me a minute to to kind of figure out what worked yeah i think that it just takes the edge off The human body responds very naturally to cannabinoids. So CBD is just the anxiety reduction part of marijuana. So it's anxiety uh, reduction minus the THC. Here in quarantine life, Disney Pixar released Onward. This is their latest animated movie. It hit theaters about a month ago at this point, maybe three and a half weeks ago. And then like a week later, movie theaters around the country shut down. So they decided to bring this to Disney Plus, which was good news for somebody like me who decided not to see it because this movie just did not look good to me. And um, I did watch it over the weekend because I didn't have to pay to see it. And it was fine. But I'm glad I didn't go see it in a theater with Pat. He went to see it by himself because it just I didn't think most of it was very good. I thought Pixar hit it out of the park again at the end of the movie like they always do. They always put a nice bow on the story. But other than that, it's definitely one of my least favorite Pixar movies. I don't think it's my favorite Pixar movie either, but I feel like I I enjoyed it more than you did, probably. I don't think that I regretted spending money on it, so that's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I know that like the dead parent thing is is like a an easy crutch, you know, for a lot of these stories. But I really enjoyed the sibling dynamic. If you have daddy issues, I feel like this movie will resonate with you. Yeah. And honestly, I have daddy issues. So that's probably <laughs> I didn't want to ask. <laughs> I didn't say I it. offered it up because, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> OK. All right. Yeah. So it'll be a hit with the gays, too, because every gay has daddy issues to some degree. <laughs> Do you think Joe Exotic would like it? <laughs> i don't know want to figure out how to get his hands on a griffin to uh crossbreed you know <laughs> do they do they have disney plus in prison i don't know we'll have to <laughs> call them and find out last week i'd revealed that nobody had invited me to any video hangouts and laura kindly did and then i unfortunately had to turn down her invitation because it was the same night my mom ended up scheduling uh, a hangout for the family and we'll talk about that later but i did also get invited to a mario kart tournament And there was a little money on the line. We all threw in five bucks. And the first race, halfway into the race, I was creaming everybody. I was so far ahead. So I was like, oh, I'm playing with a bunch of people who are really bad at Mario Kart. So I'll take it easy. So I started like slowing down and I wasn't doing all the tricks I normally do to get ahead. And then, of course, at the last moment, somebody comes up and I get blue shelled and then I don't get first. I'm like, damn it. So I played hard the rest of the tournament and I won and I won 17 bucks. So... I'm actually making a little money during the quarantine. It's pretty great. And now we're going <laughs> to do these tournaments every Sunday. You know, Andrew was bitching over the last couple of weeks, like, nobody's invited me to a hangout. And so I did. And then he's like, I'm sorry, I have to hang out with my family. I How felt, lame. 
I felt I felt bad because you did so <laughs> kindly invite me. But the next one that you do, I will I will attend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also became friends with Mark on Nintendo Switch over the past week. Laura sent me his friend code. Mm-hmm. And what I like to do is I like to see how much time people have spent playing each game. Mark has played Super Smash Bros. for 625 hours. I have never seen that high of a number on Nintendo Switch Honestly, before. I'm surprised it's not higher. Holy shit. Yeah. 625 divided by 24. That's 26 full days playing yeah. Super Smash well, Bros. I had no clue. So he participates in tournaments <laughs> where you can make money. Oh, so okay. He'll, so he'll like go and play in tournaments and try to play so that he can make money off of it. Um, but also it's his favorite game. Right. So. I remember when it first came out, he stayed up and unlocked all the characters with his friends and yeah wow i just i never like i see like my brother and a couple friends we've played 200 plus hours of legend of zelda and i thought that was the highest i would ever see because that game takes a lot of time to get through but wow 625 oh yeah no he um he has a couple of friends who he who also participate in tournaments and they have practice sessions every week where they'll sit down for like three to four hours and do practice sessions and then they like record them and they play them back to like give themselves feedback on how to improve it's very serious (laughs) wow so technical has he made any money yet yes seventeen dollars uh, I think it might have been a little more than that, but... <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it's only my first tournament. All right. Well, we have a lot to get to today. But first, this week's episode of Millennial is sponsored by a company who has become extra important during the COVID-19 outbreak and quarantine, Stamps.com. Even before the quarantine, Stamps.com has saved me so much time and effort over the years. Being able to print stamps at home and at better prices than you'll find at the post office has been one of the greatest small business hacks I've discovered. But now they're more important than ever because the last thing you want to do right now is travel to and be inside of a space where hundreds of people may be walking through every day. Anything you can do at the post office, you can do at Stamps.com. Their on-demand postage means you can skip that trip to the post office, plus you can save money with discounts that you can't even get at the post office. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail going anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail is ready, just hand it to your mail carrier or drop it in a mailbox. It's that simple. Time isn't the only thing you'll be saving. With Stamps.com, you can get $0.05 off every first-class stamp and up to 40% off shipping rates. And there's no equipment to lease and no long-term commitments. We always talk about good ways to save time and money, and Stamps.com knocks out both. Stamps.com is a no-brainer, especially right now, because you get to take care of all the mailing you need to do without leaving your house during these crazy times. Right now, our listeners get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in M-I-L-L. That's Stamps.com and enter code M-I-L-L. Stay safe, my friends. I wanted us to play a game that I've seen trending over the past week. This is a new challenge on social media that asks you to list the 10 things you don't like that most people do. So I thought this would be fun to do here on the show and we can agree or disagree with each other. So I want to specify a couple of my dislikes are about 
certain people's music. It's not to say that I don't that I dislike those people as individuals. I just don't care for their music. Okay. So to kick it off, my first one is Ed Sheeran's music. Okay. I just I feel like I feel like he has a very dedicated fan base and uh-huh. I just I've never cared for any of his stuff. Yeah. Uh sounds very generic to me. Mm-hmm. And I just I don't I don't get the appeal. I completely agree with that, but I feel like Pam is a big Ed fan. Um, I feel like his last album was overrated and I think that he thought it was probably his magnum opus, but it's not. <laughs> Pam's trying to be as polite as possible when she <laughs> But in, but I have enjoyed um his, his the the first two. I did like the first two albums. Yeah, people are really obsessed with him though. That's mm-hmm. a good one. Yeah. But I think that a lot of people really liked Multiply, which is the last one, and and I don't think that 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 was a very good record. Uh, this one's gonna like have people coming for me with like pitchforks and torches. I just want to specify again: it's not that I'm saying that other people shouldn't like it or that there's not good reasons to like it. I just personally never particularly enjoyed this. The Hunger Games. Feel yeah. free to tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, you've brought that up before. I I just thought it was a very refreshing story. Like, wow, watching kids kill kids. <laughs> This is this is unlike anything I've seen before. It's a weird reason to like it. <laughs> I saw The Hunger Games and Catching Fire on TV last night, so I just tuned in. And they are good movies. They're really unique and interesting, and I like how they're directed. And then this, I don't know. I don't really care if anyone disagrees with me on this. It, like, rosé, blush, any kind, any variant of pink wine, fuck that shit. <laughs> I don't like that either. So I'm with you there. (laughs) Thank you. Gross. (laughs) So for Christmas, we need to buy you a shirt that says rosé all day. No. And like frosés, this is a phenomenon I learned about recently. Whose fucking terrible idea was that? Yeah, let's freeze some pink wine. (laughs) Fucking stupid. I went to a a festival, like a music festival one year, and they had frosé. And I'm not going to lie. I definitely tried that out because I felt like that was the place to be basic. Was Was it good? Basic anywhere. No, it was not that good. I was just like, I I keep like, I feel like I should like rosé or I should try to like it because it's everywhere right now. Mm-hmm. But I've never been satisfied with a glass of rosé. Like, I've always felt like it was a waste of money. It's so. pretty, right? Like, yeah. Like, but aesthetically, that- it looks nice. But then you drink it and it's like all the worst qualities of red and white wine together. Yeah. And I don't even really like white wine very much. So I don't know why I keep trying to make it happen for myself. <laughs> I could get behind a glass of Frosé or Rosé. Jemima says Frosé slaps on a hot summer afternoon. And Sarah agrees. Uh, maybe maybe Jewel it's agrees the as weather. Well. <laughs> I think it's, uh, if you like, but it's kind of like a fruitier taste, right? So if you like the fruitier drinks, I could see why you would be really into Rosé. See, I'm not into fruity drinks generally. Mm-hmm. So that could be why. Mm. Um, my next item is cereal, like breakfast cereal. Uh, I don't enjoy cereal. Uh, I I don't enjoy this at, for as breakfast. I feel like for breakfast, I need something more substantial. Um, I don't like milk that much. So like 50% of the appeal of cereal is the milk, I feel like. And what if about you're not as super a kid? Milk, no. Not even oh, really? then. Okay. Like not I, even sh- super sugary sugary cereals. I've never been into it. Yeah. Um. And like Mark loves cereal, so we have a shit ton of it. That's a gamer thing. <laughs> That's a six hundred hours of Smash thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all you got time for. You can't make anything else. As a kid, I loved cereal, 
But now I probably haven't touched it in 10 years. And I do feel like it would just be the reason I avoid cereal now is because I just feel like it would be underwhelming for a breakfast. I want I want some bread. I want some meat. I like old people cereal, like frosted mini wheats. <laughs> That's my shit. Raisin bran. Soggy frosted mini wheats. So like and not very much milk. Right before you go to your 10 a.m. movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I gotta get that digestion going, you know. It's high on fiber. <laughs> gotta shit before frozen too. <laughs> Just be sure to drink some coffee with that and that'll have you going right, right away. I know. I'll be on the toilet in uh, exactly two hours, right when the movie ends. <laughs> And this is the point where Millennial became an 80-year-old podcast. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Gotta eat your frozen Wheaties. Just looking ahead to the future, guys. (laughs) Um, So also on on the point of music, and this is an individual who I actually really respect as an individual and as a businesswoman. Um, and I think she's like all around a great person, but I don't particularly care for Taylor Swift's music. Mm. I know this is probably something that Discord's going to start lighting me up in like three seconds. Well, and Pam's mad too. <laughs> Why you have to be so mean, Laura? Well, well isn't that s- this what this segment's about? Yeah, so I'm just mad. <laughs> isn't that also what Taylor Swift asked the world? Hey, that's Why you a, gotta that's be a so lyric. Mean? That's a lyric, Laura. Why you gotta oh. be so mean? I don't think you're in the minority there. I think a lot of people don't care for Taylor Swift's music. Why not? What's not to like about it? Mm, I just, I don't know. I just think sometimes people associate like, like the headlines and like the 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 sound with music when like that like the sound is not all that music is. I don't know. It was just really funny to me. I, I came to this revelation when um I think it was what was it Ryan Adams did like a he did like a remake of 1989 and it's like super hipster indie pop, but it's like all her songs that they're just redone in his style and it was just really funny to see people be like oh i hate taylor swift but i love what this guy did with her music it's just like you guys know that that's like these are the same lyrics like you're popping boners for lyrics that she wrote you know yeah because a male to me it's like anytime i hear something of hers i mean don't get me wrong it's like bobby and it's fun but it just feels very generic to me um and i'm sure that there are aspects of her discography that I am missing. Um, it's just, it's not something that pulls me in. It's not something that appeals to me. Next on my list, on my list is matcha tea. I think this is fucking disgusting. <laughs> and I don't know who decided that it was going to be the new hip thing. I tried it when I was in San Francisco and it was fucking terrible. What What's, what's special about matcha tea? I forget. It's like the new hip thing that's like full of antioxidants and drink it it'll make you healthy it's like a it's a powdered green tea okay tastes like chalk (laughs) not like kombucha right kombucha oh that's another one that i just don't i don't have the fucking time of day for it's yes that cleans you out too but see every everybody in the discord is like i love matcha matcha is so good (laughs) i think it smells like like fish food in powder in the powder form mm-hmm. or at least like, i don't know i used to work at i worked at multiple coffee shops and i feel like all the matcha powder just like doesn't smell good and i think it's an acquired taste it's not for me though so i'm inclined to agree <laughs> andrew have you ever tried this no, tastes like dirt no i did try the kombucha because i wanted to cleanse myself and um it's just hard to drink and it was loaded with sugar. It tastes sugar. like vinegar. It's so bad. Yeah, but people swear by this stuff. My next one is something that applies to me from like another stage of my life because I don't eat meat anymore. But when I did, I did not like any kind of meat with the bone in. 
Um, So like if I was having wings, they had to be boneless wings or chicken tenders. If I was having ribs or whatever, it had to be like pulled off the bone. Uh, I never liked eating anything off the bone. It grossed me out. If I got something that was bone in, I would like take the meat off of the bone and dispose of the bone so yeah. that I didn't have to look at it. Always grossed me out. People love that because like there's this huge wing culture in America. We got Buffalo Wild Wings. Those are just wildly popular and places have wing nights. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I guess that's just like America. We're going to eat bone in. Well, Rip also, that right off the bone. I know several people, my boyfriend included, who like to um, suck out the marrow from the bone. Okay. I enjoy eating bone marrow at a steakhouse. They serve it within the bone and they give you a little spoon and you kind of take it right out and then put it on uh, some bread and then yum, yum, yum. Does it not gross you out that you're eating like literal like bone marrow? No, because it just tastes like butter. So it tastes like butter. Yes. Ew. Yeah. Tastes like butter. Kind of like on bread. That's not as weird. It's just eating like a pat of butter, you know? Yeah, it's a little weird. And I don't go to steakhouses (laughs) often. I'm slowly becoming more and more turned off by the idea of eating meat. Thanks in part to editing a weekly vegan podcast Mm -hmm. where they talk about, you know, just how horrible this is for animals. So like I can do certain burgers these days. We don't have to get into it now. But big, big chunks of meat really turn me off these days. Mm -hmm. Red meat. I get that. That's how it all started for me, Andrew. Give it another couple years. Yeah, and I'll be out. (laughs) Uh, My next one is temperatures above 70 degrees. I hate being hot. It's random. (laughs) Like, if it's above 70 degrees, that does not qualify as a nice day for me. I hate it when people are like, oh, it's beautiful outside. It was fucking 90 degrees. Like, are you kidding me? (laughs) But you live in the South. Like, this is life for you. Yeah, and it's terrible. (laughs) Okay. Thankfully, everything down here is fucking air conditioned. Otherwise, I would die. What's your dream city weather-wise? Ooh. Hmm. Probably San Fran. It, it hangs around 70, yeah, right? Yeah. Definitely like Northern California, getting up into the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. Seattle, like all of these places would be ideal. Uh, also, I dislike IPAs. I feel like these are starting to fall out of popular favor, but for a while there, it felt like that was all you could get and it was all anybody would talk about and it was yeah. like the hip thing to drink yeah um i just i hate that much hop in my mm-hmm. beer and my final item is high heels i refuse to wear them anymore i tried throughout my early 20s to make it happen it's not going to happen it's terrible i never once wore a pair of high heels that were comfortable i heard so many people being like oh if you really invest money in good heels they're so comfortable no they're not <laughs> ever I like a good heel, but I definitely, um, I think I'm like those people that I, I do feel like the fit is a big um, factor. And the only reason I, I'm very much in that camp now is because one time I was covering a, a red carpet and I had like these old heels on and the heel broke. So I, I popped into the only store that was around and it was a Forever 21 and I bought a pair of black feel, black pumps there and by the time i left the carpet my feet were like ruined it was so bad because they were just so poorly made and i had like blisters everywhere and that's the last time i bought a pair of cheap does anybody like heels i mean i guess you look sexier in heels and you look taller but people women like wearing heels don't get me wrong they look great 
They look amazing and they can really complete an outfit, but I am just at a point in my life where I'm no longer willing to suffer <laughs> for beauty. Like, I'm just it depends not going to do on it. The heel too, like a like a chunky platform or like a wedge will be more comfortable than you know a stiletto. All right, Pam, let's hear your list. So my first one is mayonnaise, and <laughs> I hate mayonnaise so much. Like even on a burger, I, I don't want it on there. <laughs> I don't want it. (laughs) No, no. Everyone's like, you're going to eat that dry ass sandwich. And I'm always like, yeah, I am because I don't like mayonnaise. Do you have a fear of mayo? I know someone who has a fear of mayo. A fear? Yeah, like she doesn't even want to be near it. Or she oh, gets really uncomfortable. I don't think I have a fear. If, it, if I can't taste it in things, it, it, it doesn't bother me okay. very much. But as soon as I can smell it, like I don't, it makes me want to throw up. Oh, huh. okay. Yeah. I I do not mind mayonnaise in very small amounts. Um, yeah. So in that regard, I agree with you. I hate it when I'm given a sandwich that feels like it was bathed in mayonnaise um, to where I'm like, all I can taste is mayonnaise. Mayonnaise, I feel like should be a very like subtle compliment to mm-hmm. whatever it is you're eating. It shouldn't be like, I know people who dip French fries in mayonnaise and I'm Ooh, just, yeah. no. why would you do that? See, like. I just saw it right here in the Discord that Katie said she could eat mayonnaise out of a jar. And like, I feel like throwing oh. up just reading that comment. See, you have a bit me. of a fear of mayonnaise. I feel like people who don't like mayo so have gross. a fear. Um, my second one is scary movies. I, I don't like scary movies. Oh, I'm with you there. That's a good one. I mm-hmm. should have had that. Yeah. And yet they're so popular. I mean, you, yeah, you know I this. Know. They, they break box office records. And mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I will. I will like some movies. Like I know I kind of have to watch. Like, for example, It. The first it because it got so much traction, you know. I had I had to go see it, but if I don't have to see something, then then I'll skip it. Laura loves them. I, I know. Yeah, I fucking love scary movies, but I totally understand why people wouldn't be into them. Like, I feel like how you feel about scary movies depends on if you like to be scared, and if you don't like to be scared, then you're not gonna like scary movies. So I don't begrudge you that. Um, I feel like my third one is maybe gonna ruffle some feathers. I don't like the TV show Seinfeld. <gasps> oh, oh yeah <laughs> fuck you i just watched the curb your enthusiasm episodes where they get a seinfeld reunion going and it was so good seinfeld's great i watched yeah, that growing I might up have to revisit every few years i try to revisit it to see if my opinion changes because i know it's so beloved but i i just don't care i've never cared for it i think that seinfeld is one of those shows that had its moments like the soup nazi episode i think that's classic and that was funny but largely like it's just it's a series about a bunch of like white privileged new yorkers doing and white so privileged friends, things but i like that it's also a very specific <laughs> type of humor i think if you don't like the seinfeld larry david sense of humor then it, the show's not for you it's just that yeah. simple agreed okay my next one is that i don't like rainy days but i feel like people love rainy days i do love rainy days I'll hop on that bandwagon. I feel like most people in California do like rainy days, Pam, because they get so few of them. But yes. Yeah, it it depends. If it's like the seventh day in a row of rain here in Chicago, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is the worst. Get me out of here. Yeah, I don't like that. It makes me sleepy and I hate feeling sleepy during the day. Okay, fair enough. Well, now you got the CBD (laughs) oil to keep you awake. So I know maybe it'll change my opinion. Um, (laughs) My my uh, next one is also weather related. I don't like summer. As a season. 
Yep. You don't like the sun. You don't like the rain. Don't what like do you like? Sun. I'm like I'm like one step away from actual vampire. I <laughs> like Laura. I just don't like it when it's above you know 67. Maybe that's pretty warm and toasty. It's getting there. Yeah, like any weather where I can't comfortably wear like leggings or mm-hmm. like loose long sleeves. I'm not about it. Like wearing cozy clothes. Me too. I like to layer. Mm-hmm. Summer doesn't let me layer. I try, but it it doesn't let me. My sixth one is beer in general. I've never met a beer that I could finish. <laughs> Not even Coors Summer, my favorite. I'm sure I let you I've have a couple of those. I've never tried it. But oh, I, darn. I think, well, next time we're together, I'll just have to take a sip of yours because I would feel bad buying like well, a can and then not drinking it. Tragically, they don't make it anymore. But I think I found a replacement and I'm going to announce Ooh. it during recommendations today. But yeah, is there beer can make me like, feel bloated. So I, I hear that. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that's like beer adjacent that you like? I, I do like cider, but mm-hmm. cider's a little bit. But I can only really have like one cider because I think who one of you just said that it makes you feel bloated. Like I feel really full mm-hmm. after drinking it. So my number seven is um, peppermint gum. I don't like peppermint gum. <laughs> I agree. So anything that's like blue. <laughs> Wintergreen <laughs> all the way, man. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, spearmint, I... I, I fuck with that, but I don't like peppermint. <laughs> My next one is Halloween. I I don't really care for oh, Halloween. Oh, you're no fun. I know. That's Downer my favorite holiday. I know. See, I guess it makes sense because you don't like scary movies, but I don't like scary yeah. movies, but I love Halloween. I what know. is your favorite holiday? Um, Probably Christmas. I think Christmas is really cozy. Okay. Like the idea of it. Not, not like the, there's a lot of stress around Christmas, so I don't particularly care for the stress of having to get everything done in terms of shopping and stuff. But I love decorating Mm -hmm. and baking cookies and like seeing my grandma's house all nice and done up. Yeah. That's my jam. Christmas is my second favorite holiday after Halloween. Uh, After Halloween. Yep. (laughs) I think I'm I'm Christmas I'm a total 180. Like Halloween, then Christmas. Yeah. I think I'm Christmas and then Halloween. Um, My next one is uh, books by John Steinbeck. I don't know if this is like a California thing, but I feel like everybody I know that grew up here having to read Steinbeck in school just really enjoys the books. And I, I really can't stand the writing. So. The Grapes of Wrath? You don't like East of Eden Don't like either? it. Of Mice oh and Men. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. I haven't read any of these, so I have no comment on this. And my last one is... Um, is- is cupcakes. I don't really care for <laughs> cupcakes. I don't like summer. Do you like cake? No. <laughs> yeah, but because here's the thing about cupcakes is that there's no graceful way to eat a cupcake. And all the cupcakes you buy now at the store, like if you're going to go like to like a sprinkles, right? There's so much frosting. And then you got to figure out how to get it all in your mouth, but get a little bit of everything. You stuff it in. That's the fun of it. There's no, no being I graceful. Like that. I feel really self-conscious. I just eat the frosting first. Yeah, like but then the you have like this dry top. ass cake because not all <laughs> cupcakes are, you know, balanced. Oh, man. I'm That's, such a monster. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed in that one. Yeah. Cupcakes are... They they bring so much joy. Yeah, I like the way they look. I think they're aesthetically pleasing, but it's not my first. I, I'm never <laughs> like super excited. Pleasing. But I, I see now I've gotten it off my chest, so I don't have to pretend to love them anymore. This is All great. Right. Oh, see, Jemima said what you do is rip the bottom cake part off, and then and you... eat that with the frosting, with a little layer cake. I've oh. also known people who like take the bottom off and then put it on top to make it like 
a cookie. A, like a sandwich. Yeah, like a cookie. <laughs> cupcake. I can get sandwich. behind that, but just like a cupcake on its own. <laughs> now, whenever I eat a cupcake, I'm going to think of you and how much you hate it. <laughs> I just don't like eating them. Like, okay. I, I, I could probably manage like at my house, but if I'm out somewhere, I don't want to try and eat a cupcake. But like you like muffins. Scared to eat pasta at restaurants because you can't figure out how to. Oh yeah, get oh, yeah. it on the fork. Do you like muffins? Oh, I love muffins. Okay, so it's yeah. really the frosting. That's it's really the frosting. Off. It just okay. gets. <laughs> I overthink this way too much. Just like, what am I? How am I going to do this? I have the palate of a child. I do not <laughs> like sushi. I do not like seafood. I don't like Chinese either. And a bunch of other types of foods I just do not like. Honestly, I don't even think I've tried sushi. I just know I'm not going to like it. Just like I've maybe had one piece of seafood in my life, and I just know that it's not for me. Yeah, Ch- you're, you would not like sushi. <laughs> I've traveled with you. I've eaten out with you. You would not like sushi. Because be every time now. we travel together, I just order McDonald's probably. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's or Dunkin'. Yeah. Or like when we were in London, I think you only wanted to go to Garfunkel's, which was a really expensive pizza and burger place. It was like the most American restaurant <laughs> in England. <laughs> so sad. Um, roller coasters. I just get sick really easily on roller coasters. My mm-hmm. limit is Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure. I can't even do Forbidden Journey. That's not a roller coaster, but it's like, I don't know. I just get nauseous so easily. So no Space Mountain or anything like that either? Oh, no. Those those aren't very intense. I can oh, okay. do those. I can do the Disney coasters, not Everest. I, I haven't even ridden it. I just know I wouldn't like it. Um, every coaster at Disneyland, I can do Matterhorn, Splash Mountain, Space Mountain, the mountains, Big Thunder Mountain, those are fine. But intense roller coasters, no thank you. Um, watching internet videos. And by that I mean I'm, I was never on Vine. I'm not on TikTok. People send me videos. I don't watch them. I cannot click a link and focus on a video. I don't care what happens in that video. It's not worth my time ever. Unless it's Ezra Miller choking a girl at a bar that i'll tune in for because (laughs) i need to write about it and i need to see if it's real or not speaking of watching game of thrones never got into it i tried yeah i tried you are definitely alone (laughs) and this is a clap back at pam but i did write this beforehand friends can't do friends the tv show i don't like that one either some would say i don't like having friends but that's another discussion (laughs) (laughs) i think that i actually dislike friends more than i dislike seinfeld because seinfeld like i i can you know how when you dislike something but you can recognize the talent that's behind it yeah i don't see that with friends <laughs> yeah it's just <laughs> I really think friends basic is definitely I'm sorry. one of those mm-hmm. shows that you like i i feel like people that try and watch it now that it, that didn't get swept up in the idea when it was airing can't stand it at all and the reason i bring that one up is because it's on netflix right for at least another year and then i think it's moving to hbo max or it's already off netflix i can't remember yeah it's already off okay people watch that endlessly it's always been one of netflix's most watched shows just consistently through its lifetime on netflix i think i guess people just like to background watch it it's comforting to have on you don't have to think too hard i appreciate that people use this show to relax but I I just can't get into it. Seinfeld all the way over Friends. Cheesecake. 
just the premise of cheesecake turns me off. I realize there's not cheese in it, but just I think about <laughs> cheese in a cake when cheesecake is presented to me. And then I'm like, hell no, I'm not touching that because I'm thinking of cheese in a cake and the smell of it. And it's like cold and <laughs> solid. Ugh. Cheesecake is my second favorite cake. <laughs> Would you feel better about it if it were called cream cheesecake? No, that's disgusting as well. Is cream so cheese, cream in? cheese frosting is also out. Oh, bah, 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 yeah. bah. Now, if that was in a cupcake, maybe. <laughs> I'm kidding. I do love cheesecake. Mm-hmm. Another food item, pickles. Can't do pickles. Mm-mm. That's ironic. That is Cause... ironic. <laughs> Clothes shopping. Hate it. I get tunnel Agreed. vision. It's stressful. You got to change into this stuff. You you worry about it. Is it going to fit in six months? Is it going to shrink? Which is a very stressful process. That's why I um, signed up for Stitch Fix so I don't have to think about it. Reality television in general. I would like to get into it because I feel like people use it as an escape from their everyday lives. And Netflix has had a bunch of reality TV shows that people get all excited about. But I've just never got into reality television. And um, I think the closest I got was like the first season of Survivor. I enjoyed watching that with my family when I was a little kid. But that's it. And yet reality TV, like Survivor, even today in season like 40, is so big. And then finally, marijuana. (laughs) But we all knew this already. Very popular these days. But I just can't get into it. I don't get the benefits that other people do. Luckily, I have CBD oil now. Is it because of the bad experience you had? Partly that, partly I, I just don't like the feeling ever. I know I need to have the sativa version, Stiva, sativa. Oh, you need indica. Indica, you should not, something. You should uh, not have sativa. <laughs> oh, right. Yes. <laughs> All right. So uh, if anybody has any feedback about our lists, or if you have something that you hate that is really popular, email it in, millennialshow at gmail.com, or use the contact form on millennialshow.com. Let's talk a little bit about coronavirus still taking over the world. Wanted to mention a light topic to kick things off. Disney has announced that many of their movies, they've announced new release dates for many of their movies. Mulan, which was set to be in theaters last month, is now being released July 24th. I think that's too early. I feel like this isn't going to be over by then, but we'll see. Um, And then Jungle Cruise, which was supposed to come out on July 24th, is now being pushed to July 30th. 2021 they're pushing it a whole year crazy that's bananas yeah um black widow was supposed to come out may 1st just a month from now now that has been pushed to november the eternals was supposed to be out in november now that is going to be released february 12th 2021 and uh that was shang chi's uh release date now shang chi is going to be released on doctor strange 2's old release date of may 2021 so they're just pushing everything back i think we're going to see this ricochet effect throughout hollywood and a lot of other movies that are dated for 2021 and beyond are going to get pushed back whether it's disney or not i think about fantastic beast 3 i feel like now that that the start of production has been delayed that's going to get pushed back because they don't want to compete with some of these other movies that are now being delayed as well. So and there's also some titles that are being like they're being held indefinitely. Like I was really bummed out to hear that they were not only pulling in the heights, but they hadn't decided on when they were going to release it. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge bummer, especially because you know we were a few months out from getting to experience that. It's been in the yeah. works for quite some time. I was so excited for that. Me too. We might not have too long to wait because I think for some of these, they like Black Widow, they had announced that they were 
pulling it off the schedule. And then we only waited, what, two weeks to find out the new release date. So we might hear about In the Heights soon. Artemis Fowl was supposed to be released this year, too. That's a book-to-film adaptation. A lot of people were looking forward to that. That is now going directly to Disney+. Plus, So that's kind of cool on multiple mm-hmm. levels. We don't know if this movie's any good yet. But Disney Plus is in desperate need of some big new content. And that's perfect because I don't know if Artemis Fowl would have done great in theaters. Like, does anybody really care unless you've read the book? I think they missed the window on that one, honestly, because they were huge, like right around the time Harry Potter was huge. That was the big competing series. And I, I was actually I feel like that one had been in production for a while. And I'm surprised that they went through with actually making it. Mm-hmm. so late yeah honestly i had forgotten about that series until you just mentioned it <laughs> um but yeah it, like when you mention it it makes me think of like oh 2005 yeah i think right. i read the first book around the time it came out or when everybody mm-hmm. was talking about it and i think as a kid i enjoyed it i'll definitely watch it on disney plus why not we just wanted to give a PSA to everybody out there who may be filing for unemployment um, that the stimulus actually includes uh, provisions for you to receive an extra $600 a week on top of what your state is paying for unemployment through July. Um, so just when those unemployment payments start coming through, just look for that. Just make sure um, that you've gotten it because I've heard some cases where like people who were eligible for it, but have already been getting their unemployment. They weren't seeing it. So they're supposed to receive like back pay for that. Um, So just make sure you're seeing it. And if you have any questions about it, reach out to your local unemployment office. It's a game changer. Yeah. Honestly, because like 600 a week is a lot. Well, because like here in Georgia, the the state maximum for unemployment is three hundred and sixty five dollars a week. So you add 600 to that, that's that's a pretty good amount. And that's actually more livable. Like, how can anybody live on 365 a week? It's ridiculous. Right. The big question now is how long is it going to take for these people to actually get unemployment? Because mm-hmm. we heard in the past week, and this is just insane and really sad, over 10 million people have now lost their jobs. And at least here in Illinois... Um, You get a phone call from the unemployment office. They do a little interview with you before unemployment begins. So now they got to get through 10 million people. They got to process that many people. Mm -hmm. This could be another big story coming up. Like people just aren't getting their unemployment checks because they have such a backlog of people to get through. Yeah, I know um, a few folks who have filed for unemployment. And it's been like, at least here in Georgia, it's been like a three to four week wait, Mm -hmm. um, which isn't ideal when you still have bills due. I mean, there's been no moratorium on, you know, evictions or forcing people who can't afford to pay rent to pay it. Um, so it's it's a long time to go to wait for those benefits. The CDC is also recommending that people now wear face masks out in public. Have you two done that yet? Not I yet. I the house. Yeah, <laughs> me neither. <laughs> uh, but we do have some masks. We got okay. our hands on some. We uh, looked on YouTube for instructions on how to make one at home using a bandana and a couple of rubber bands or uh, hair bands. It's dead easy to do. There's no stitching involved. I did go on eBay, though, and I ordered some masks because you can't get them on Amazon or like at Target or anywhere else. So I did find them on eBay as well as Etsy. These aren't medical grade, but they are face coverings. We will be using them. I probably see... 40 to 50% of people who are out on the street wearing face coverings now. 
I saw somebody with a full-blown gas mask the other day, and that freaked me out. Another tip, my mom was able to find um, a, a package of 100 masks on Groupon. Um, oh. So that may be another place to look if you're trying to find some. Okay, okay. They were expensive. It was like 60 bucks because, of course, you know, capitalism. <laughs> yeah, I think I paid 15 for four, but mm-hmm. they're washable, so it's not like they're one Yeah, time. that's way better. Yeah. Trump... Our president, our leader, is not going to be wearing one, despite the fact that the CDC is advising people to do so. He said he doesn't need it, but we know why. He doesn't want to be on camera with a face mask like that. Well, he also doesn't want to be wrong. The second that they get footage of him in a face mask, it's all going to be overlaid with his quotes from the beginning of this disaster being like, oh, right now there's like 12 people who have it. And in like two weeks, it'll be down to zero. We have it under control. Yeah, in a face mask. So that's why he doesn't want to do it, because he's incapable of evolving his thinking based on new information. Yeah. (laughs) What a concept. Trump has also been warning Americans that the next two weeks will be very painful. And the White House has anticipated, best case scenario, 100,000 to 240,000 COVID-19 deaths. I don't know if I believe this number. This just seems astronomically high for where we are right now. And... My crackpot theory is that they're shooting for the stars, so to speak. So if there are less than that many deaths, Trump will be able to call it a win. Oh, there was only 25,000 deaths. Only 50,000 Americans died. We didn't get anywhere near our yeah, projections. I mean, thus far, we're at, what, around 10,000 American deaths due to COVID. Um, and these next couple of weeks are supposed to be the peak. So I think it really depends on how bad of a peak it is how far this goes. But I I think that your theory is a good one, actually. I wouldn't be surprised. Makes me sick. Yeah, if, but... if they were... Tr- yeah, but if they were trying to set people's expectations very low, that way, if we come in under that number at all, then it's like a victory. It's, it's a win. We got to reelect mm-hmm. him. I mean, he saved us from all these mm-hmm. deaths that he was projecting. But uh, we had our family video call. Inevitably, coronavirus comes up and my Republican brother-in-law is on the call and he's and we're all drinking. We're all drinking. Right. And um, he's sitting right next to Becca and he says, yeah, I heard I heard this week there's there's going to be a lot of death this week. And Becca with her big glass of wine, she just busts out laughing. She goes, who says it like that? There's going to be a lot of death. And he goes, oh, I just heard it. I just heard it. Trump said exactly that. There's going to be a lot of death. And I just love that Becca is laughing at something that Trump said right in front of Trump supporter, her husband. And she doesn't know (laughs) that Trump was the one who said it that way. Who says it like that? (laughs) (laughs) Just our idiot president. (laughs) Jesus. And we also received a Corona confessional. Uh, The confessee says, I know this makes me sound like a dick, but in these unprecedented times, what is the appropriate way to break up with someone? I've been wanting to break up with my girlfriend of 11-ish months for a while now, and I just don't know how to do it. FaceTime? Stand on one side of the street while she stands on the other? I'm half joking, half being serious with that one. Also, she's in self-isolation because her coworker tested positive for the COVID. So <laughs> for the COVID. So should I wait until she's done isolating and gets a negative result? Ooh, that's this is tough. hard. Yeah. No to yelling across the street. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> it's over. Sorry. <laughs> oh, if I could get closer than six feet to you, I would punch you. This is tough because 
all of the things that we would normally recommend in order for you to break up with somebody the right way are not available to you right now. Um, maybe a phone call would be the best approach. Yeah. Because I'm also not a fan of people who know they want to end a relationship just staying in the relationship because of like a different external factor. Because then when all this is over, if you break up with her, she's going to be like, oh, he don't or they only didn't break up with me before because of COVID. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Right? Yeah. You know, so that doesn't feel good either. What about and this might drag things out. So maybe you don't want to do this. But why don't you plant the seed? Just be like, hey, over FaceTime. Hey, I don't think this relationship is working right now. How are you feeling about it? Just hints that you're not sure that things are going okay right now. And then you can talk about it more over the phone, over FaceTime in the weeks ahead. And then you can be like, hey, so I'm out. On the other hand, given everything that's going on, she's in self-isolation. We don't know when this is going to end. I think it'd be okay to break up over FaceTime. And I know, I know that sounds bad, but these are extraordinary circumstances right now. I guess I would just feel bad if it turns out that she is positive for COVID because then you don't want to leave her hanging, right? So maybe just find out first what her results are. If she doesn't have it, cut it over FaceTime. This isn't working for me. State your reasons and then block her. I think... Also, there's some information we don't have here that would determine how I would approach this. Um, but have there been other things going on that perhaps indicate to you that she's not feeling it either? Because I feel like if if one party is having this like crisis over like, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore, it's pretty rare that the other person like wouldn't catch on to some of that vibe. You know what I mean? So I think, like Andrew said, it could be worth just broaching a discussion about, like, how does this relationship even look or work right now? Yeah. I hope that helps. Good luck. Keep us posted. Let us know if she has it or not. Send us an update. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let us know if she has it or not. (laughs) (laughs) And then where you go from here. I'm curious. We don't have any further ads this week, and our ad coverage in the coming weeks will be more sparse than what you all are probably used to. Um, With COVID-19 impacting our advertisers, we feel so lucky to be a listener-supported show over at patreon.com slash millennial. It gives us the funding we need to create everything you hear on the show, plus keep the show afloat during these uncertain times. With support tiers as low as $2 a month, we recognize that every bit of support counts. And we're so thankful to all of you who currently support us, no matter the tier. If you need plenty of content to stay entertained while you shelter in place, we recommend our $5 support level to gain access to our flagship benefit after dark, the Millennial Variety Show, our exclusive Discord channel to chat with the hosts and each other during live broadcasts, and more. And if you're not in a place to part with your hard-earned cash, there are still ways you can support the show. Subscribe to us for free on your favorite podcasting app, share your favorite episodes or content from our social feeds, or share the show with a friend. Getting the word out there about the show also really helps us out. 
We're prepared to weather this storm together with all of you at home and would humbly appreciate any support of the show, financial or otherwise. Most importantly, we hope everyone is staying safe and healthy and want to thank all of our listeners for sticking with us. To wrap up today's episode, Pam wanted to talk about album sales in the United States, another lighter topic to put a bow on today's broadcast. Yeah. So believe it or not, people still buy physical albums. Um, I know it's kind of shocking to, you know, think that, that that's still a thing that's kind of in demand. But it uh, turns out that they do. But the thing is, is that, you know, they are slowly dipping. And this week specifically, they actually dipped from the previous week 29%. And it is partially due to the fact that more people are, you know, turning to streaming services to save a bit of money. But it also has to do with the fact that, like a lot of other industries, coronavirus is impacting, you know, um, the few record stores that are still around from being able to open and provide that service for people. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the most interesting things about this article that I was reading over at Billboard was that physical album sales specifically, so like the way that the album weekly album sales are charted, it takes into account for physical copies, like from everything from like cassettes to vinyl, but it also counts digital copies of album sales too. So specifically for physical album sales, it dropped down to 979,000 units sold, which is significant because it's the first time that album sales have ever dropped in a week under a million since Nielsen Music started tracking how album sales were faring back in 1991. Wow. So that's, that's pretty significant. But... Vinyl sales are still on the rise. Surprise, surprise. Because, you know, I think a lot of people don't buy CDs anymore because they don't want to store them. And vinyls are way bigger, but those are still selling really fast. They've actually been increasing in sales over the course of the last 15 years. And in 2019 alone, vinyl sales were up 14.5% from 2018 for a combined total of 18.84 million vinyl sales sold over the course of the year. They also account for 16.7% of overall album sales and 25.6% of all physical album sales. So vinyl is huge. Should we yeah, talk about I, that first? Yeah, let's yeah. talk about that. That's something I wanted to um, to ask you guys about. I mean, like, does, do those numbers surprise you? Or are you just kind of like, of course, because vinyls are pretty trendy? Well, I, I wanted to ask why are vinyls so trendy right now? I think I have my reasons. I like buying Bruce vinyls. I just like that they're bigger. They're cooler to display. You can put them on the wall. You can have a nice big shelf of all your albums. I really like that. I don't listen to them because they are a pain in the ass to listen to. You get three songs-ish on each side. It runs out. Then you got to walk back over, get off the couch, and flip the disc over. And then another three songs, and then you go and you got to change the whole disc. It's a pain in the ass to listen to. Yeah, I have a few vinyls, but it's all decorative. Um, I would never, I mean, I don't own a record player, so I couldn't, but... <laughs> you have vinyls, but not a player. Yeah. I mean, do you have a player? Yes! I do too. Wow. <laughs> I just got a new one for Christmas. <laughs> See, Mark really wants one. So I think eventually we will get one. But I mainly have vinyls, like I said, for decorative purposes. <laughs> I love that. Also, have you ever cool had a have. vinyl player? No. Wow. They are cool to have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like collectible. They're fun to collect. Yeah. They're, they're so fun to browse at a record store. You just flip through them. I've got mm-hmm. a couple I frequent here in Chicago. 
Um, and it's fun finding stuff that you don't have before if you're into particular artists. Mm-hmm. I have a vinyl player that has um, Bluetooth. So I just connect it to a Bluetooth speaker and that makes it more bearable for me because I can bring the, I don't have to cart around the vinyl player. I can just cart around the Bluetooth player wherever I am in the house. So I recommend that one. Yeah, I'm just kind of, it's interesting to me though, because like when I, if I buy vinyls at all, it's always at like, like a box at a garage sale. Definitely something that's not being um, counted towards this number. But it's so interesting Mm. to me because every time I go into like, like a Barnes and Noble, for example, I feel like every big album that comes out, there's a vinyl that goes along with it. So what do you guys think the allure is there specifically for, you know, our generation as millennials, but even for generations younger than us, because none of us, like, I'm pretty sure that none of us bought a vinyl as our first piece of music that we purchased with our own money, you know? No. I honestly think there's like a cool factor, a retro factor there. I think that's why a lot of people, myself included, are into it. Yeah. Like I said, just the fact that they are so big, they are awesome to display. It's like putting a poster up. It's got the vintage vibe too. And that's mm-hmm. that's a popular trend in home design, isn't it? Vintage. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, my first music player was a cassette player. And my sister switched to CDs first, and I was really jealous. And then I switched to CDs, and I think my first CD was in sync by the Bye 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 album, No Strings Attached. And that was very exciting for me. Yeah, good I first don't, album. I don't remember what my first album was, but like I remember the period where I got like some of my first albums, and among those were um, Destiny's Child. <laughs> um, <laughs> Is was that one writing on the wall, Pam? Yeah. That had all, yeah. Okay. That would bills, have been that bills, time bills. Period. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, um, the Selena Amor Prohibido album was Good in there. One. We had that on cassette tape. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then this is like the not cool one. Uh, Britney Spears' first album. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> that is cool. Compared to the other two, Destiny's Child and Selena, like Britney Spears, uh, I mean, Britney to me was is hip. I yeah, know, I know. Actually, I was just going to say one of my favorite moments in my life was when McDonald's had this special in sync Britney Spears oh, combo my God, CD. I was just thinking about this. Remember that? That was so cool. You go yeah, to McDonald's. Yeah, I had to go to two bur- different McDonald's just to find it, but I bought it. <laughs> you go to McDonald's, you get a burger, and you get an in sync Britney Spears no, CD. It was just like, hey, um, no food for me. Do you have that in sync? And uh, just, uh, <laughs> no food Britney. for me exclusive okay thanks (laughs) yeah that was cool that was really cool for some reason but yeah it is just crazy how now it's all about having your music on the phone and it's great Mm -hmm. just like a kindle you can carry this huge library of content with you and yet vinyls are making this big comeback and you bring up a good point about used vinyls and cds for that matter those sales numbers aren't even being reported in the billboard report that you just shared so vinyl is even bigger right now and I would argue people prefer used vinyls because it's got that wear to it. And again, the nostalgia factor and the vintage right. vibe that it adds and, and to your well, room. And the big, big reason why people turn to vinyl, like p- people that are huge audiophiles, is because of the sound of vinyl. But you're not getting that same sound in like, say, um, I don't know, like like Harry Styles. If you buy Harry Styles' fine line on, on vinyl, 
it's going to sound the same as it does on the digital recording. And that's because of the way that the music was recorded, you know? So it is just like a novelty thing, but it is really interesting that, that, you know, they're on the rise. And also I, I know that like cassette tapes too are also on the rise. I was just going to bring this up. Yeah. Urban Outfitters has like a whole section where you can buy albums on cassette tape at the same time. I don't see Walkman's making a comeback. So how are people listening to this? I'm on their site now because that's exactly what I thought of. Urban is selling cassette tapes. I see they've got Taylor Swift, Ariana Grande, Britney Spears. They're trying to make cassette happen. It's not taking off, but they Mm want to see if it's going to. So they'll try to sell them for a little while. Nobody's going to nobody's going to carry this around because you don't want to bring a cassette player and your phone with you vinyl works because it's just at home and it stays there and you put them on display does anybody remember the days of um cassette tapes and how like you would if you were trying to get to a specific song on the tape you had to be very like quick nimble with your recording with your like rewind and forward fast forward (laughs) buttons yeah i used to like as soon as i figured out how to record from the radio oh my god i was obsessed (laughs) me too and then i was that kid (laughs) and then i would listen to the same song again and again but i would have to rewind it all the way back to the beginning just to like get the right recording because sometimes they'd cut it off at the end or you'd Mm -hmm. miss it or like the dj would keep talking through the beginning it was it was a time that's so funny. One more thing that I wanted to just like one more question before we move on here is that obviously, you know, we all have switched over to streaming. I think that it's probably been a while since any of us bought an actual album, even digitally. So I'm just kind of curious if music is the only thing that you guys have stopped purchasing or have you also pulled back on purchasing, you know, movies or TV box sets or, or books in any format as well? Yeah, I don't buy any of that anymore. Um, I still buy physical books. That's about it. I buy the occasional movie if it's something I feel like I want to watch a lot. For example, I, I'm i still buying digital copies of Harry Potter just because I want to have them easily accessible for work and pleasure. And then like Bruce did a movie last year that I bought so I could watch that whenever I want. But yeah, thanks to streaming, you really don't have to do that anymore. I just rent things because I don't rewatch movies ever so i'll rent them for like three four bucks on itunes and that's good enough for me agreed how about you pam um yeah i think that like you guys i make exceptions for certain things so like i also will buy the harry potters or um books i still buy but i i try and um i've been trying to buy more used books so i've been doing that when possible but other than that i kind of just wait for it to come out on streaming or, or I'll rent it if it's something that I really need to see right away. Mm-hmm. You don't buy, but you don't buy CDs anymore, right? Or do you? Um, Not really. It depends. If, if it was like a, like a special edition. So like, for example, I think that Taylor Swift has gotten really smart about the way that she packages her physical copies because they, they, it comes with more stuff. Or if you're trying to buy, you know, tickets for somebody's upcoming tour. I know that artists are getting really smart about how they do it that way. So you can buy it in a bundle, right? You get like the physical copy of the CD. Sometimes they throw in like a t-shirt and then you get like premium access to tickets or something like that. I think that Mm. that is a really smart way to do it. Yeah, but it's bad for Earth. Like that seems like such a waste because nobody's going to actually listen to that CD. 
I don't think I have a CD player anymore. There's not one in my computer. No. In my the thing car. That, that's made it really hard too is that if I buy a CD, um, I, I want to put it somewhere else. You know, I want to transfer it over to my phone or put it you onto my rip computer. It. But but with the like with the MacBook Air, for example, a lot of these laptops, they don't have CD drives anymore. So it, yeah. it's becoming increasingly harder to get your music onto your mm-hmm. computer well, or onto your phone. So it's just easier to yeah, buy it digitally. There's the convenience of streaming, even for that reason. Like, you don't have to think about transferring music anywhere in order to have access to it all the time. Like, I'm never going to get in my car and be like, oh, fuck, I didn't, you know, I didn't rip lemonade, so I can't listen to it. You know, like, there are, right. e- there are multiple places that I can go to access that. But I will still buy digital albums for artists that I, you know, like either artists that I've been fans of a fan of for a really long time or just like artists that I want to support that are smaller. I, I if I have extra income, I try and do it that way. Yeah, cuz they need it cuz they don't make any money off of streaming. Right. So I hear well, that. They, yeah, and they probably honestly don't even really make that much money off of album sales especially after they've been signed. You know, if it's like an unsigned artist, I'm sure that most of it's going back to them, but Mm-hmm. It's a double-edged sword. I will say um, the last album I purchased, I purchased digitally, and it was Beyonce's Lemonade because at the time, the only streaming service that had it was Tidal. And I was like, fuck Tidal. <laughs> I don't want that. And so I really wanted to be able to listen to the album nonstop. So I bought it through iTunes. I shouldn't admit this, but I just torrent it. I just torrent the albums. Unless it's somebody I really want to support. Like, Beyonce is going to be fine without me, so I don't feel guilty torrenting Lemonade. But, um, yeah, normally I'll just do that because if it's just got to be on streaming. That's where the future is. Sorry. And I'm not going to pay for an album anymore unless it's somebody who I really, really want to support. Okay, it's time now for recommendations. So I mentioned Coors Summer earlier in the broadcast. This used to be my favorite beer this was the hard seltzer before hard seltzer. It was only around for two summers. I was addicted. We've spoken about the hard seltzers that have sweeped the world. White Claw and Truly and a bunch of other spinoffs now. Each year, they like to introduce new flavors. And I've tried a bunch of them so far. I've sampled the new catalog. And over the weekend, I tried Truly's Lemon Hard Seltzer. And oh my god. It is perfect. It reminds me of course summer. It's got the light citrusy vibe, but it's not too much. And of course, it's lemon, so it's very refreshing for summer. This is perfect. I think I'm going to be addicted to Truly's lemon hard seltzer. I I don't think I've tried White Claws yet, but I will definitely try it because White Claws is like number one hard seltzer. Um, but yeah, wow, that is a refreshing, perfect hard seltzer. I'll have to try it. I feel like oftentimes lemon seltzers taste like pine salt to me. This one tastes like perfection to me. <laughs> I will take your endorsement. Um, my recommendation is for all you guys that are also baking while you're quarantined up, uh, brown your butter next time you make cookies because it's a game changer. What's I that mean? With, it, it's like you you cook it down on the like in a skillet and you wait for the the sediments in the bu- in the butter to kind of turn gold like little into little golden flakes and then you use that you kind of have to be careful though because obviously when you're baking something like cookies you're doing your wet ingredients before you add your dry ingredients in so you don't want like super hot butter going into like say brown sugar cuz it might take a while longer to incorporate 
But browning your butter first and just like letting it cool down before you add in the sugar is just going to give your cookies a nice little butterscotchy flavor without actually, you know, putting butterscotch in there. And like, honestly, we all have extra time on our hands. So why not give it a go? Okay, cool. <laughs> this this was very wholesome on its own. It sounded kind of suggestive to me. I don't know it why. Does. Browning your butter. There's a butt joke here somewhere. <laughs> I would like to recommend a game. So I played this over the weekend on Nintendo Switch, Killer Queen. It's super fun, fast-paced, really easy to get into. The idea is that you are playing as competing ant colonies that are trying to, or not ants, bee colonies that are trying to take each other down. And you have like three different paths to victory. It gets really fast, really fun. And it had us like shouting at the TV in like a very fun way um, because the rounds go super quickly. So highly recommend that. And I think it was only like 10 bucks. uh, So also super cheap, um, but really good, fun. Cool. Are you going to log 625 hours in this game? I don't think I'm going to log 625 hours in anything. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Except maybe rewatching the West Wing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks everybody for listening to today's episode of Millennial. What are we doing in After Dark today? So we're going to talk shit, first of all, on people we know who are being irresponsible right now, given that all three of our states are under shelter in place orders. <laughs> um, and then we're also going to talk about this psychometrics character psychology quiz that we all took. Um, we did this on MuggleCast the other day, but we only talked about Harry Potter characters For this installment of After Dark, we're going to talk about a lot of different fandoms. Some of my results were very concerning to me, so I'm going to need you guys to, like, walk me back off the ledge here because I don't love some of my results. Okay. (laughs) So it should be a fun time. Yeah, that'll be fun. This quiz, got to give JK Rowling credit. She shared it, and then it seemed to have gone viral, so we'll talk about that. And Mm -hmm. we'll have a link in the show notes to the quiz if anybody wants to take it themselves. It's a fun way to pass some time. So that'll be available at patreon.com slash millennial. When you pledge, you're going to have instant access to years of After Dark segments. So there's hours upon hours of content to entertain you. I would probably say at least 50 hours by this point. Oh, more than... I mean, you're talking about five and a half years of content. Yeah. And they're typically... Weekly content. <laughs> right. And they're typically about a half hour each, plus the variety shows. And mm-hmm. there's so much to entertain you over there. So uh, yep. patreon.com slash millennial. Like Laura said earlier, we could really use your help right now and we really appreciate it. So thank you very much. And also thank you for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Killer Queen